Welcome to the Jefferson County Podcast for the People. I'm Helen Hayes, your host for today. This is where you can get the meat between the tweets of everything that's happening in Jefferson County. And today we have Melissa Sizemore, who is with the EMA. She is an um, emergency management officer. Next week is Severe Weather Preparedness Week, right, Melissa? It is. All right, so... Tell us the difference. This is something that's been a conundrum for me, and um, I've been following along as I've been working with the EMA and working with you guys on a lot of the severe weather we've had, but can you explain the difference between a watch and a warning? Okay, so a lot of people actually get confused about this and sometimes get them mixed up because they can be very confusing. Um, A watch means that you need to be prepared because the conditions and the ingredients are favorable for the uh, production of a tornado in a thunderstorm. So it doesn't mean a tornado is actually occurring right now. It means that you have all the ingredients there to make one. So it's very much like when you bake a cake, you have all of your ingredients on your counter. They're, They're all in place, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the cupcakes are coming out of the oven. Whereas a warning means you need to take action. So a tornado is imminent. So it's been either detected on radar, there has been one spotted by a trained weather spotter or a meteorologist, and that means you need to seek shelter immediately. You need to uh, get further information, seek shelter, and then you need to check that forecast for updates. So stay up to date and um, essentially make sure you take the actions to keep yourself safe. So at that point, the ingredients aren't there. The cupcake is coming out of the oven. It is here. It is imminent, um, and, and you need to take action. I know emergency notifications, a lot of people depend on the sirens. Mm-hmm. And there are really a lot of better ways now to get notifications. Can you walk through what some of those apps are and what those notifications are? Of course. So we always preach that you need to have multiple tools inside your toolbox when it comes to receiving notification about hazardous weather in Jefferson County. It's always good to have redundancy and having multiple ways to receive warning. Um, One of the ways that people can do that is actually go to our website, which is jeffcoema.org, and you can sign up for EverBridge and get notifications to your landline phone, your cell phone in ways of either a text message or a phone call, as well as notifications to your email. And you can actually specify what kind of notifications you want. So if you just want to know when a tornado, when you are in a tornado warning, that's all you can get sent to you if that's what you wish. Or, or if you want to get everything, you can select flood warnings and winter storm warnings and severe thunderstorm warnings. Um, and that is free to everybody in Jefferson County. Our agency provides that service to all Jefferson Countyans, and you can sign up and to, to essentially receive those notifications from us when we do have hazardous weather in the county. Other ways that you can receive notifications are by a NOAA weather radio. Those are about $30 at most department stores and sporting goods stores. Um, those are a great way and a great tool to receive notification. And when a tornado is a tornado warning is in the county, those NOAA weather radios will alert. Um, like I said, they're about 30 bucks. You, and those are also reliable Um, when you don't have power, because if you put batteries in them, they have battery backup. So that's another reliable way to receive warning. And that comes directly from the National Weather Service. They ingest those warnings and they alert. Um, You can also download several apps on your phone for an additional layer of redundancy. Um, You can download the FEMA app. 
You can also, the American Red Cross has an application as well as a lot of our local news stations also provide an app as well. So you could download your favorite news stations app to receive an additional layer of notification. Lastly, we do have our siren system. We have about 255 sirens within our county. And what's unique about our siren is that they are on a polygon system. So whenever the National Weather Service issues a tornado warning and you see the polygon, only the sirens within that polygon are going to sound. So if you hear a siren, that means that you are in the path of danger and you need to seek shelter immediately. But what we do say is you don't need to rely on those sirens as your first form of warning or notification. Because what, what what's difficult about sirens is that they're mechanical, they can fail very frequently because they are older technology. Like I said, what's really good is to have multiple tools in your toolbox. So if you do live near a siren and you can hear it inside of your home, in the middle of weather with all of the other ambient noise going on, that's a, that's another layer of redundancy, but it should not be your primary form of notification because in all reality, they are meant to be heard outdoors. They are not meant to be heard within the walls of your home. Very good information. Uh, one of my favorite lines from James Spann is always respect the polygon, um, but I have to be reminded what that polygon actually is and what that means. So that was a really good a description and a really good description of how those sirens work with those polygons. So thank you for that. Is it important to know where on the map you are for severe weather alerts? Can you talk a little bit about where your geography is located and what that means? Yeah, so it is actually very important to be able to place yourself on a map. So know exactly where Jefferson County is located on a map as well as The proximity of where you live in Jefferson County is also important because it's over 1,100 square miles, so it's a pretty big county, and um, it may be that a tornado warning is issued for the southern half and the northern half isn't affected, so it's really good to be able to know where you're at and be able to point out your general location on a map. Um, And the best way to do that is to practice. So be able to pull up a a county map, um, an Alabama county map, and look at where you're physically located at. Like if you have a cell phone, you've got GPS location, zoom out, see where you're at, and then be able to look at the county map and kind of familiarize yourself with your geography within the county. So when it, let's say you're watching news coverage uh, from some of your favorite TV meteorologist here in Jefferson County in Birmingham, um, and you see them with the radar pulled up, you you can essentially pick out where you're at in proximity to the storms that are moving through the county. So it's very important to know where you're located on a map. It essentially will help you diagnose when, when you're watching severe weather coverage, if, if it's smart for you to seek shelter early before a warning may be issued for you. In severe weather like a tornado, the county has helped fund and worked with cities to help build community centers or community shelters that can be opened when there is severe weather. Can you talk a little bit about how that works and how does that COVID? We still got COVID that we're dealing with. Okay, so the first thing that's really important when you're preparing for tornadoes or other types of severe weather like severe thunderstorms is to know where you go when you get put under a warning. So the the typical rule of thumb is the, the lowest floor of your home and put as many walls between you and the outside as possible. So use an interior bathroom, an interior closet, or an interior room within your home or your basement. 
Now, if you don't have a basement or you don't feel safe in your home or you live in a a mobile or manufactured home, you want to typically find a safer place to go. And the county does have counties and other the county and other jurisdictions within the county, they have these community shelters that can be utilized during severe weather. And the best way to find your closest community shelter is to actually go to our website. We have a map that you can actually type your address in and it'll pin your address and also show you the locations of the community shelters around you. So you could see which ones are the closest ones to you. Um, and then you could, the best, what, what I like to recommend is people before uh, severe weather is expected, see how long it takes you to physically get to that community shelter and then add an additional 10 or 15 minutes on top of that to drive through hazardous weather as well. So if you, if you, Typically, if you're using a community shelter or another area that may be safer than your home, like maybe a neighbor's house or a family's a family's house or another location that does open up when hazardous weather is expected, um, it's always good to see how long it takes to get there and then add time on top of that, especially if we're already under a tornado watch. It's great to leave before the storms get here or before a warning is issued because you don't want to be on the road when a warning is issued because at that point it's too late. Um, you need to seek shelter before that warning is issued so you have an ample amount of time to get there in your vehicle because you don't want to be in your vehicle in the middle of a tornado warning in the middle of that polygon because it's unsafe at that point. Absolutely. So let's talk about communication with your family members, depending on the type of weather event, severe weather, what's your communication plan need to be with your family members? So the best way to kind of develop a communications plan with your family is to actually pick somebody out of the area that you can pinpoint um, for people to call and let call or text, typically the easiest way to get through to someone after a disaster happens is by text message because you have a higher probability of that information getting to them because call lines are going to be very busy at that point. Um, and let them know that you're okay and let them know where you're at because then when other family members call, they can be able to give the other family members updates um, on your other family members that may be affected. So if you may be away from your children or you may be away from your parents, you have somebody outside of the area that you, you can contact to let them know that you're okay. And as other family members call them, they can refer that information back to each other. Um, the other way to communicate, uh, the other way to plan is to also have a preparedness plan with your physical household itself. So making sure your children know where they need to go and what they need to have in your safe place in your home. So wherever you have, wherever that de designated spot is within your home, um, make sure they have the things that they may need, like pillows, helmets, how they need when they need to put the, those things on or how they need to shelter itself and what when is the time for people to physically go to the shelter within the home, educate your kids on that, as well as educate your other family members as well. And that could even extend out to other types of hazards like fire drills, evacuation drills, what people need to do when the power goes out, things like that. Um, it's very good to have that discussion with your family members before a disaster or hazardous weather occurs, because then you're not trying to figure that out when you get put under a warning and you're, and you're not running around um, with your adrenaline rush 
good to be able to discuss those things with your family and make sure everybody is familiar with what they need to do when you get put under a warning um, and you're in that polygon. Let's talk a little bit in the Fultondale tornado, debris from houses was found like 90 miles away. Is there certain financial information that you may need to have all in one place so that you have access to credit card numbers, checking account numbers, that type of thing? Yes. So it's actually really important to be able to have copies of insurance information, some important documents like social security cards and birth certificates and um, your your deed to your home, uh, copies physical like photocopies or photos of your credit cards in case you forget to grab your wallet, uh, photos of your ID. All of these things are great to have because it, even if it's just pictures on your cell phone or if it's uh, you made photocopies of them and stuck them in an envelope and put them in the place where you seek shelter in your home or you scanned them in and put them in the cloud. It's really good to have before your home is actually hit because if they're not in the place that you shelter or you don't have copies of them, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to get a hold of those items and those documents after you have been impacted by a disaster. That sounds great. Really good tips there. Last thing I want to touch on, um, COVID is, is still very much with us. So when it comes to seeking shelter in a shelter or something like that, what is the guidelines for, for COVID? So the biggest thing that we always recommend is you always protect yourself to the most immediate threat. So at the time when a tornado was occurring, the most immediate threat to you in your life is that tornado. So even though COVID-19 is still very much a thing, the best thing for you to do is to seek shelter and do what's best for your family to make sure that you can keep yourself and your household safe. So if that means having to go to a neighbor's house and seeking shelter in their basement with them, even though they may not be in your COVID-19 bubble, um, that's still the most safe thing to do. We're going and utilizing a community shelter. Um, same thing. Um, what we can recommend is that, you know, you do wear a mask when you're around people that may not be in your bubble. You have hand sanitizer. If, if you have that, um, sanitize your hands after you, after you leave the area or, or leave the shelter after the, the threat has passed. And just make sure that you're, you're trying to do, to take as much caution to COVID as possible. But in all reality, if you can't do that, it's going to be okay. Um, we had to deal with severe weather back in April of last year, right as COVID was impacting the community. It was still fresh in the community. People were, were uh, we still didn't know a lot about COVID. So what we recommended the same thing, wear a mask, use hand sanitizer if you have it, um, try and stay with your COVID bubble as much as possible if you have to utilize a community shelter or have to go elsewhere to seek shelter. And then afterwards, you know, do the, take the same precautions as you do when you go to the grocery store or when you go out in public, sanitize your hands again, remove your mask, you know, wash your mask or dispose of your mask in, in the best way possible, put it in the trash um, and just try to mitigate the threat to COVID as much as you can, but make sure that you you eliminate the threat to your life from the tornado first. So that's what takes priority. 
Excellent. Thank you so much. This was really a lot of good information. We're going to post a link to the website and the show notes to the EMA website so people can get more information and they can sign up for those Everbridge notifications. That's really important, I think. If anybody has any other topics or questions that they have, they can email me, hayesh at jccal.org. And we'll try to get those topics covered, or if there are questions for Melissa, we'll get them to Melissa. So, Melissa, thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, not a problem. I, I really enjoyed it. And as, as if people need more information about preparedness, or they just generally want to see what kind of information we have available for them, they can, like I said, visit our website at jeffcoema.org. We have an entire preparedness tab that details all different kinds of hazards on our website and how people can prepare and also items that they can collect and make into a kit for, for them themselves and their families. Or you can also go to ready.gov and get some of that other, some other information as well if you want to maybe see how you could help your family prepare in other parts of the country against hazards that may not necessarily occur here, but may occur there and help get them, get them prepared as well. Yeah, I wish it was a topic we didn't have to cover, but based on the past year, I think being prepared is the best thing anybody can do. And then if we don't have a lot of severe weather, we can say, hey, we were ready. We were ready. And it takes that worry off of you. So thank you so much again. And thanks everybody for listening on the Jefferson County Podcast for the People. (laughs) 